Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Yes. No Moses today. He's on a retreat in France. Oh, was it? Yep. That's I right. actually didn't know. Instead of being here, well, you know what they say, only losers retreat. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Gosh. Boros. Anyway, we've got Angela with us again today. Hello, Angela. Hi, hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually really, really good today. Oh, why are you so good today? I don't know. You know, when the hair's right, the makeup's right, it's just a good day. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> cool. All right, let's get into it then. Um, so, does the name, what's this guy's name? Give me one second. I had it up ready. Ah, does the name Mark Sutton mean anything to you guys? Nope. No. Okay. No. So, Mark Sutton was this British guy. Okay. Okay. Actually, let me just read a bit of the article. So I've got a bit of the article up for us to read. And after I'll read a bit, and from there we'll just go into the conversation. Okay. It's a very laid, convers- it's a very laid um, article, but there's something that like, stood out to me, and I thought, let's, let's talk about it today. That's All right. Cool. So, few people in the French Alpine resort of Les, Les Gets were more popular than Mark Sutton. He arrived in the scenic area, which attracted legions of holiday, British holidaymakers um, more than eight years ago. Along with his girlfriend, he became an, an integral part of this upmake market community. The couple started a catering service, supplying champagne and canapes and other luxurious fare to families staying in the local chateaus. Oh, it's chalets, not chateaus. <laughs> All these French words. <laughs> um, it's not interesting. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I was gonna read it. No, it was, it was okay. interesting. But anyway, so basically, so this guy Mark, mm. British, he was mm. living in France, uh-huh. and last week he was shot dead. Okay. Whilst he was in these in these mountains, he got mistaken for a deer. What? <laughs> <laughs> he got mistaken for a deer, and he got shot by these like French hunter guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so so he's dead. Everyone's saying, oh, how, how much of a wonderful guy he is. And then you get his mum and his sister come along now and say that they're glad that he's dead and that they just wish that the, the death could have been more painful and all oh, that gosh. stuff. And then you might ask, what's their beef? Yeah. So apparently it turns out that he sexually abused his sister when they were younger, which is why um, they, they're wishing death on him, right. even, okay. even after death. Mm. And... Um, so there's a lot we could talk about in this, but what I found, or, or like something that, that like came to my mind was, if he did do that, which we don't know, mm. is his death karma? Or is it like a result of God's judgment? Or what? Or is it just like a coincidence? Okay. So, so, so I guess like the first question I wanna ask is, as Christians who believe in an all-powerful, all-sovereign God, mm. is karma something that we should believe in? <laughs> Anyone want to go first? <laughs> I I don't. Well, karma is a is it Buddhist? I think it's a Buddhist um, concept. Yeah. Uh, that whatever you do kind of comes back to you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd say karma is biblical in the sense that even on the grand scale of things what we do doesn't come back to us in that we are our sins are punished in the sun and thus we don't get the punishment that we deserve 
so what we do doesn't come back at us if that makes sense so on a on mm. a grand scale i'd say no i don't believe in karma okay um just on its own i don't, I don't believe in karma per se i don't know angela um yeah, I think I'd I'd agree to that. Um, I mean, we do believe as Christians that what you sow, you'll reap. Um, but considering we probably sin daily, who can pick out any one sin and say that's the reason for this negative thing that has happened to you? I mean, considering we do a bunch of bad things. So why would that specific negative thing be the reason for his death? Mm. I, I think it's also it's one of those things where because it's a an alleged bad person that's died in a curious way, it then and and it turns out you know maybe he's done something wrong or, or whatever, so it fits that narrative if that makes sense. But then what about the guy that got shot dead in his apartment by the policewoman that thought she'd entered her um, apartment, seen someone there, shot him and killed him? who may have not done anything wrong. It's an equally curious situation to die in. But why is that not karma and this one is? If that makes sense. Do you know the story I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know the story. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if you heard about that. No. In, in America, there was a policewoman who literally walks into what she thought was, her, uh, what she claims she thought was her apartment, finds someone there, tells him to freeze or whatever. He doesn't oblige and then she shoots and kills him. Why did she think it was her apartment? Apparently, she lives the apartment, the floor below. So what I heard with that story is that they were involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so I, right. I, I think with that story, I, I think I heard that they, they were like going out at, at some point. Right. Which, okay. which is why she was able to get access to the house in the first place. Right. Because like, even if it's not her house, like... Well, they said the door was unlocked. So the report I heard, which was the report that came, I think, the day after... Mm. She'd gone into the apartment. Basically, she lives a floor below, mm-hmm. just below this apartment. Gone in, thinking it was hers. Found someone there and shot and killed him. How long has she lived there? I don't know. Long enough for that to not be, yeah, you know, a plausible excuse. Um, <laughs> but there was there's a bunch of weird things about it. The doors unlocked. It was dark apparently. She thought she was under attack. Whatever. Okay. Um, it turns out she was Caucasian. He was black. So. You also got that aspect of things, um, and then now there's a <laughs> new wrinkle in the story. Maybe they were involved, or but ba- basically what I'm saying is, I, I think it's it fits the narrative to say it's karma, but I don't believe in karma because good things and, and there's tons of passages in the Old Testament, tons of Psalms, tons of Proverbs that talk about the rain falling on good people and bad people alike. Um, um, David would lament as to why you see the wicked prosper and good people suffer. So there's all these sort of things where I don't think karma mm-hmm. is enough of a a concept to carry, if that makes sense. Mm. That just says whatever you do, you get back at you. And I don't really believe in that. I just think it's... I also don't believe in coincidences, so that's another conversation to have. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I feel like for me, um, the idea of karma kind of take would almost take away from like the sovereignty mm. of God mm. it's almost like because of something you've done you caused an effect to happen yeah, yeah. outside of yeah. the control of God yeah. that, mm-hmm. that makes sense sort yeah. of thing. the book of Job puts karma on its head 
Yeah. Because Job did nothing wrong. If anything, Job was super ca- uh, cautious, you know, doing, uh, giving sacrifices every time his sons would have a party just in case. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he, he was super cautious and God called him out on it thinking that, do you think your sacrifices would make you righteous? And it was that idea of self-righteousness. Mm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in karma. Um, so following on from this execution style, because I got shot. Anyway, so how did they like? Why did they think he was a deer? I don't know, and because he, he was like in like like bright clothing, like who's 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 wearing the high vis and everything. So, and deers wear high vis. Why? Maybe in France. <laughs> 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 well, that's the thing. It's just like how if if he was wearing high vis, how would you mistake it for a deer? It's just, mm. Unless you're shooting at maybe what you perceive as movement in the bushes. Well, like apparently, like people get shot in this like in this mountain a lot. So I think they said like last season, thirteen people got killed. Okay, so it's a relatively more yeah common uh, occurrence then. Okay, not so um so like reading this article Mm. and then reading what like the family was saying, Mm. I was thinking, what if this was like an act of judgment by God? Mm. And like obviously, like as humans, we can never know what God decides to do, and like like why He decides to do it. Mm, mm. But um, so so, what do you guys think? Like, judgment looks like in like the twenty first century, because like if you like Old Testament, um, Old, Old, Old Testament, you see like plagues and stuff happening yeah. to people. Okay. Yeah. Um, in coconuts for with like sins that they committed yeah mm-hmm. and but um now that we are under grace and not the law it seems like the, like like the rules have changed a bit right so like what do you think so, so what, what do you guys think god's judgment looks like or like god's wrath as a whole looks like in in like the 21st century mm-hmm. if we decide to show it at all <laughs> yeah let me uh let me apologize for i've gone a little bit of a spiel I think, so it's the same God. It's the same God. It's our position relative to God that's changed between Old Testament and New Testament. And I say that to say in the Old Testament, they still experienced just as much grace, but from the viewpoint of the once for all sacrifice of Christ had not been made. And thus they would have sacrifices that pointed to, they'd have the sin offering, the guilt offering, the um, all of these offerings and, and stuff and rituals that pointed to Christ on the cross. And those things would cover their sins, so to say. They would put their hands on the head of a um, perfect ram and the ram would be let out of the uh, city limits and all of this. And all of those things just pointed to Christ. So they still experienced grace, just not the kind of grace that we experience simply because of their position in history. The people that God expressed um, his wrath on at the time, almost all the time God would say, it's not for Israel's righteousness that he's doing this, is blah, 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 blah. Their sin had cried out to him. And so their sin in the world was so grave or so bad, he would Sodom and Gomorrah them, you know, and it would be people dying by, um, by through wars, people dying through natural disasters, all of this jazz. But again, all of that was on one side of history. If you then believe in, this is where Moses, I don't know what your, uh, um, what your theology is on like the Calvinist Arminian argument thing, but mm-hmm. if you believe in 
Christ having died for all people, um, then once Christ died, he took all sin into himself. And people's not going to heaven isn't as a result of their sin, it's as a result of them not accepting Christ. So then, after Christ, there's no need for God to express that wrath towards anyone the same way he did with like the Amalekites or um, the whoever, because those sins had been paid for in Christ. And at the end, when you know we're in or we're going for judgment, it's are you hidden in Christ or are you not hidden in Christ? And for those that have accepted Christ, they are, you kind of get through. For those that haven't, then you have to kind of explain why you haven't, which there's no explanation, you just go and die with Satan. <laughs> so I don't think that idea of, because this is what they used to, <laughs> this is what they used to scare me. I remember giving my life to Christ like six times and every single time before, <laughs> it would be, they'll come and tell me about New Testament wrath and I'd like, okay, I need to give my life to Christ and I'd be holy for like a day and then <laughs> go back to whatever. But all of those things were before Christ and God's wrath was expressed as his wrath would always be expressed. But after Christ, that wrath has been expressed in Christ and then at the end, the judgment that's reserved for the enemy or the, the devil, everyone else gets because they're not hidden in Christ. So what about, so what about the case of Ananias and his wife? Who got lying to the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I still don't I still don't know that. <laughs> I've lied before. <laughs> I'm just like, mm. so I, I, yeah, I wouldn't lie in church, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't know because part of that, some people say was Peter. It was Peter, wasn't it? I think it was Peter that yeah, it was they Peter. brought the yeah. thing to. Part of that, some people say, was just Peter expressing, not his power, but because he said it, it was kind of done, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's aspects, some people say that, some people say whatever. I really don't know why they died the way they did, because I'm sure since people have done the same thing and not died. Mm. So I don't know. I really don't know. What I, what I do recognize is because of our position in history, we don't see... God's wrath as people before the crucifixion of Christ saw it, simply because Christ dying um, took all humanity's sin once and for all. And the only judgment that follows that is the judgment that occurs after the end of the world, where it's not about your sins, it's not about how good a person you were, it's about whether or not you are in Christ. Um, that determines if you spend eternity with God or eternity apart from him. So that's my thought. Apologies again for talking for so long. <laughs> no, I think it was a good response. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> um, what pastor, do you think? My pastor was saying something today. She, so she was, she was talking about um, Jesus washing the, the disciples' feet. And, okay. and then when you were saying about how, like you said, I'm giving you commandment unto you. Um, love each other as I have loved you, as opposed to the old law, which was love your neighbor as your as um, as yourself. Mm. And like thinking about that, like listening to that, and no one else going to talk about that. It just seemed to connect for me somehow, mm. but I'm not sure how. Mm. So, um, give me a sec to think about this. I think the other thing to say as well, just whilst you're thinking about it, is what we tend to see now is more chastisement than wrath mm. and so it's it's the shepherd 
yanking the sheep away from the cliff that in the sheep's eyes unaware of the fact that you're on the edge of a cliff you're like you're yanking me you're hurting me you're, you're hurting my neck however it's to save you from falling over and then dying completely if that makes sense mm. isn't that's that just like discipline yeah no that's what i mean that's what we see is the chastisement the disciplining mm -hmm. of us by a shepherd that loves us as opposed to wrath and so okay. what, what i mean by that is some people saying oh god has punished me for this or god has whatever or seeing some sort of wrath and thinking it's god punishing you because he hates you mm -hmm. whereas it's actually just discipline yeah. which is not enjoyable at the time but is beneficial for our growth and our mm. future kind of thing that's what i think we tend to see and can sometimes be interpreted as wrath as wrath as god's wrath really isn't mm. i don't think anyway yeah. i think i want to say i don't know if the <laughs> if the theology is right behind it but um i don't want to put this i feel like because we're no longer under the law we can't be punished because of the law okay if that makes sense mm. So like, so like, you, you can't be punished for a law that's no longer in place. Yeah. Because Christ made it so we are under grace and not the law. So technically, we can't do anything wrong. Technically, <laughs> technically, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I hear what you're saying. I guess that's my reasoning behind how you can why it's different. Even mm. though, like, when you see like the wildness people are doing now, mm. I can't think of like how much more wild it must have been back then. But then again, they were like burning babies and stuff for like for like rituals. They were eating babies, mm. which is not uncommon. You've got people in certain parts of the world that sleep with babies because they think it will cure you of AIDS. So mm. it's not it's the depravity of man is an old story, but it's one that just has continued throughout history. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. So one thing that I notice about God is He does things in like like He overemphasizes things. What I mean by that is like making a covenant with Abraham where he causes Abraham to sleep and he signs a covenant himself so that Abraham is no longer responsible for any of the outcomes of the covenant. It's like he's, he does things kind of like swearing by his own name because he knows his name is so powerful. And the reason I say that is when you say we're no longer under law, we're under grace, which is true, there's an element there that is actually... Though we aren't under law, it's not because the law has been ignored. Like Christ said, it's because the law has been fulfilled. Yeah. And that law was fulfilled in the crucifixion of Christ. So yes, we're under grace, but that grace does not then dispute the law that still reigned of old. So Christ in his life would have obeyed every single law um, of, of all the laws, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, he's, he's met that law. He's been righteous by that law. If that makes sense. Yeah. And thus, the grace that we, we receive isn't just God saying mercy. It's also justification in that Christ lived according to the law and was crucified for us. So it was perfect. And then his perfect sacrifice is like double emphasizing how just good God is in, in that he allows us to enjoy the benefits that Christ should have received, not only because he is the son of God, but also because he actually did live that life according to the law, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it, it's double. And I just wanted to clarify that in saying that we're not under law. Yes, we're not. But then actually that law has still been fulfilled in Christ. Yeah. So it's the, it's the consensus that God doesn't show his wrath in the modern day like like he did pre-Jesus. 
that's that's where I yeah that, that's what I think in what are walking around today and nowadays yeah I don't think it's the same because of where we stand in history however I do think it's coming <laughs> don't get me wrong <laughs> don't get me wrong I do think it's coming um and when it does yeah it'll be it'll be peak for some people so so like you know how some people will say Wait, I don't know if uh, Angie mm? wanted to say anything no oh, okay I know, I'm, I'm coming back to I'm coming. So, so like, I'll, I'll give an example. So, like, I know, like, there's this, like, Christian trail of thought. It's, like, a very small percentage of Christians, but I've heard them say that um, AIDS is God's punishment to gay people. <laughs> At least African Christians, by No, no, this was, like, a white person that said this. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've heard Africans say it. That's why I've heard yeah. my mom say it. So. <laughs> I did not correct her on the theology because she's my mom. <laughs> she slapped me, but yeah, I've heard her say it before. So yeah. you don't think like AIDS is, is like a, an example of God's wrath in the 21st century? Um, when, oh, okay, I'm not sure because I might be misquoting, but I think when asked what the end will look like, Christ in all of the um, like eschatological prophecies kind of talked about wars, rumors of wars, children disobeying, diseases without cure is another one. So I don't necessarily think it's um, God's punishment for anyone, if that makes sense. But mm. it is expected. And I don't think AIDS is going to be the last one. Like I think there'll be more diseases without cure. I mean, herpes doesn't have a cure, does it? So You tell me, Peter. Well, I'll ask Asha. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, I think there'll be lots more diseases without cure um, up until the time when Christ comes again or the church is raptured. Amen. I feel like I'm talking too much. I'm not letting anyone say anything. So No, when I want to jump in, I'll, I'll jump in. It's interesting. All right, let's round up that section. Cool. That was fun. <laughs> it was a fun but It was interesting. Because yeah, like, like God's judgment is not something people talk about unless they tell you you're going to hell. Yeah. yeah. I know, you really put a downer on my good mood. Oh, no, no. We're going we're gonna to brighten it up in the, in the, in the second part. Yeah. But before we do, hookups. See Mm. Do you want to go first? I'll go first, just because I can't remember it, and I know I'll forget if I let it go. Okay. There's a video by The Bible Project that was released, I believe, last week. I haven't even finished watching it, but I want to recommend it simply because the first 10 seconds or so, they give such a great illustration for the Trinity being three separate beings but still being one that I thought was just dope because they use an analogy of um, an extra dimension. So... Excuse me. The way a two-dimensional being would experience a three-dimensional being, they use that to demonstrate why we would we can see God as three separate beings, whereas He's still one, simply because we're in a dimension so far below Him, like mm. literally on a dimensional level. And I think they just they did it really visually, really well. Um, so that's a it's my hookup. Is a it's called God. It's just a Bible project, God, and it's just that video. It's just amazing. Mm. Even just the first 15 or so seconds, because that's all I've watched, and I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it on the train, and I thought, nah, I need to take my time with this. But I was just like, yeah, I, I really recommend it too. That's really interesting. To check it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's dope. It's dope. Literally just the first 15 seconds, and I'm yet to like go through everything. But yeah, they're, they're dope. Cool. So that one, yeah. Angela, you want to go next? I don't have a hookup for this week. Angela, you're I supposed to come prepared. You don't remind me every time. You don't need to be reminded every yes, time. Yes, I do. Angela, you're not a child. I don't do this every week. You're not a child, Angela. I'm not on this podcast not every week. Speak to the mic. 
<laughs> All right, well, think of something. No, you can give your book as a hookup. No. Why not? Because it's my book. Okay. <laughs> All right, whilst Angela's being difficult, my hookup is an app. It's called My Fitness Pal. Oh. Um, yeah, oh. so I've been using that lately to try and cut the calories, and it's really good. Mm. So um, you can give yourself a goal of, of, of like how much you want to lose and like over how much time. And then it will like set how, how many calories you should be intaking in a day. Mm. And then also allows you to track your calories. And um, it's, it's got like this barcode scanner thing. So you, you, you can like scan a barcode and tells you all the information about it. Mm. So you can put that in. And it's also got like a lots of restaurants information. So like Vapiano's, they've got all the most of Vapiano's. So if you go in there, you can see how many calories. Obviously it's approximate, but you can see how many calories you're, you're taking in. So you mm. can um, make sure you're staying within your limit. And then, yeah, it's been pretty good. How much have you lost? 3.5. No, well, I've lost 4.5 kilograms, but then I put one kilogram one in the middle of that because I had a bit of a mad week with chocolates and sweets and stuff. But I'm back on track now. Get in there. Yeah. Okay. So no hookup from you, Angela? No, no real ones. I'm sure there's something you want to tell the world to go and check out. No, but it's already been said. What? The Tory um, Tory's um, album, Hiding Place. That wasn't your hookup. No, that was Lisa's hookup. Shout out to Lisa. So it was already, it's already been said, but literally that's what I've had on repeat all week. Go and check out the album again. It's actually a pretty good album. Um, cool. All right, let's get into the second part of the episode. So, um, coming off this whole um, thing about karma, mm. I wanted to talk about blessings for, for a bit. <laughs> blessings. <laughs> But I want to start with um, this quote that I, that I hear a lot of people throw about. I can't remember the quote, but it's something like, um, "Not all blessings are blessings." No, how how's, how's it go? Not 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 all blessings come from God. Some will come from the devil to um, to like turn you away from God. Okay. So first question is, how do you know whether a blessing is actually from God or whether it's, it's a trap from the devil? Right. Let's start, let's start with that one. Anyone? Um. Uh, I'm sorry. Into the microphone, Angela. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> to oh. be honest, I think <laughs> I think in regards to that question. You would check, obviously, is it in line with God's words, whatever good thing it is you're receiving. But even in that, sometimes it can be something positive that is in line with God's word, but it is it can be our response to it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you can have something good, but then that now becomes your center and that becomes your priority and that becomes your focus, you know. And ego, it deters you from God, something that inherently was pure and good but the way you've responded to it has now taken the position of God that can happen um I also think sometimes God allows us um to do certain things so obviously we have free will so things can happen simply because God allowed us to choose choose our own path so therefore in that regard as well it can look like something that was God given, but it's not necessarily that God gave it to you. It's just that he allowed you to choose it. Mm -hmm. hmm. I hate when that happens. 
Yeah, and no, I think uh, definitely I, I agree with um, Angela. I think uh, a lot of, uh, especially with the good things, is God literally, yeah, God allows you to, to do what you want. And, and that's the unfortunate thing with free will is where if we were just living according to God's will, it would just be perfect and nothing would go wrong. But then our response to God wouldn't be genuine love. Yeah. That has to come from a place of free will. And thus we have the option to mess up ourselves, which we tend to, to often do. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to add was uh, our perception of what a blessing is. Um, because you look at someone like uh, King Hezekiah, I believe it was, who was taught he's going to die. God said, yeah, you're about to die, you've done well, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes and asks for more time and God relents and gives him more time. On the surface, that would appear to be a blessing because it's more time, which is what you ask for. However, if you look at what happened with Hezekiah after the fact, you know, his end was much worse than it was, you know, if he had died at the time he was supposed to die. Mm. His legacy would have been intact, Israel would have been intact. But, you know, he goes and asks for more time and, and um, he gets it and messes up the whole country. Uh, so I think sometimes our perceptions as well determine whether or not we see something as a blessing. Joseph being thrown in jail is not a blessing. Joseph being wanted, to, uh, his brothers wanted to kill him is not a blessing. However, it was a blessing in that that was a pathway for him to get to uh, Pharaoh's side and, and, you know, literally saved the world at his time. Uh, so I think perceptions play a big part in it as well. Um, so do you feel like blessings are only things you can see in hindsight? No, not necessarily. No, no, but... I think some hinds like they say hindsight twenty is it hindsight twenty twenty or yeah yeah you know in hindsight you you tend to see things in better context and thus you're able to recognize oh maybe this was a blessing and this wasn't but I don't think that's that limits or that's the only way you can see what a blessing is like my wife is a blessing and you know that's not twenty twenty hindsight that's she's a blessing you know now you know well yeah most of the time do you tell her that you love her yeah. It's not even business. Um, in what you guys just said, <laughs> yes. Um, Thank you, Angie. Yes. <laughs> so then, is a blessing something concrete that doesn't change then? Because if you're saying your perspective of it changes, was that thing initially a blessing or not? Have you just now grown in understanding and you've changed? Have you now, you know, the word of God tells us that... Um, not all things are good, mm. but, you know, God can turn everything around and mm. make it for our good. Mm. That doesn't now mean that thing was good was just because God made it good. Mm. So, yeah, when we're saying that, when we look back and say, oh, that was a blessing. I mean, what was it? Mm. What was it in, in, in the purest sense of what it was and what yeah. happened? Yeah. I, I guess when you put it like that, no, because using the same example I was using, Joseph's brothers wanted to kill him, mm -hmm. sell him into slavery, him going to prison. And those individual things in their own are not blessings. No one wanted to kill someone's a blessing. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but what God uses that for. So from that point in time, or, or as you're saying, that thing in and of itself is not a blessing. Me wanting to kill my brother, it's not a blessing. Yeah. However, that was then the way that Joseph got to Pharaoh's side. So then yeah. if I look at it from God's point of view, is it a blessing? I think you could then, it'd be more correct to say you were blessed by that situation than that situation itself being a blessing. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. Like, when you 
when like you look at it in the Bible, mm. like when it says that God God like blessed people with something, he like it was like something that, that mm. happened to them. Mm. So like with the story of Joseph, I don't I don't think it was ever said that um God blessed Joseph <laughs> with the becoming the position of Pharaoh. No. Through through what happened. No. So um yeah, so I, I I guess there is a difference between being blessed and, and having blessings. Yeah, because I think if you look at mm-hmm. the word blessings, like I haven't checked the Greek or the Hebrew word, but then if you're looking at the word in of itself, I think more often than not, it is something like substantial or material that you can see in the moment, like God blessed him with children or God blessed him with riches or God blessed um, Laban's... Uh, flock when Jacob was there kind of thing like those are you know obvious obvious blessings so I, I definitely think yeah if you're looking at just the word in of itself yeah but then I think there is more nuance to it when it comes to like the situations and when you're able to look back and see what God does with those things that also constitute blessing in, in some sense of the word mm-hmm. yeah. the, the other thing I was going to say was God's sovereignty in all of this um, and him his ability to use things and use situations to ultimately achieve his will which more of which as the bible says is for our good and not necessarily not not to destroy us but to prosper us so i think where where christians involved god's will and god's hand in that person's life turns all things together for good for them and it might be blessings materially in the moment or blessings when you look at it as to how god's used it but i think that plays a big part in a question as well. Mm. Mm. Let's make it a bit broader than I think Angela touched on it a bit, but how does one tell in the moment if something is of God or not? I would simply say, does it draw you closer to him? The enemy never does anything to draw you closer to God. Um, Simply like that. It's it's never, so even something as simple as a job promotion or a new relationship that you believe is God, is that drawing, is that relationship drawing you closer to God? Is that position now that you've become manager, that promotion, does in that, are you being drawn closer to God? Has that now put you at a new place where you're more thankful now now I don't know you give more because you have more you're earning more or is it just about that job and so now you're missing Sundays you're missing midweek things because of this new job anything the enemy does is always devised to get us complacent to slowly draw us away to make us become more lukewarm in our relationship with God and so I think with anything that's what you always need to check how is this thing um, impacting my relationship with God. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in those kind of situations, is it the thing that's the problem or how you perceive or like what you're doing as a result of the thing that's the problem, if that makes sense? So like you could be given like £100,000 and still do everything that you need to do or go to a strip club. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so is it that? So, is the problem the person then, and not the actual thing that's that's that, that's been given to the person? If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense what you're asking. Well, it depends. I mean, if it's an object, most inanimate objects only have connotations we ascribe to it. You know, so you 
you associate a gun negatively when it's been used negatively. Mm. But a gun in itself, if if we just used it for, let's say, killing animals that we were going to eat specifically, it's not negative. It's our misuse or a knife. Maybe that's more simple. A knife in itself is not a negative thing, but our misuse of it then gives us neg negative connotations. So, yes, with inanimate objects, it's not necessarily the thing. It's not the money that is bad as we're taught. Money isn't bad. It's the love of money. You know, so it's the way we handle those things. It's what we do with it. However, with things that are not necessarily inanimate objects, um, you, you you do need to to check those things. Um, if we're if we're thinking of abstract things, if we're thinking of ideologies, if we're thinking of feelings, if we're thinking of thoughts those things in themselves sometimes need to be taken down to their root and seen. Something as simple as, um, you touched on it earlier, Calvinism. Uh, had a few dealings of that, but even that, that's uh, its own ideology there. Mm. But you need to strip that down mm. and say, okay, in, in its root sense, in terms of what's being said about it, is this negative or positive for me? And sometimes, no, ideologies, thought processes, feelings, is it's a negative, it's negative. It's not even necessarily how you handle it. You should just remove yourself from it mm. because it, it's not good mm. in its its purest sense of the term. Yeah. I, I think uh, another example I'd give would be like the, this, the master that was going away and gave his servants talents. One was given five, one was given three and the other one was given one yeah. based on their capacity for it. So I think that becomes another um, another part of the equation. What's your capacity for it? Um, where the guy given five, if he was given three, you know, maybe, well, actually, that would be a bad example. The guy that was given three, if he was given five, maybe he goes to a strip club as opposed to, you know, go and do something right with it. Whereas the guy that was given um, one, saw his and he wanted more and then did some and then he just went to bury his kind of thing mm. so i think that plays a part and i think um on the other side of things as well the discernment you know the holy spirit's discernment luckily we have a god that doesn't leave us and so in every facet of our lives if we are to incline our ear to what the spirit is saying more often than not we'll find the spirit will help us discern whether or not things in the moment, regardless of how they appear, are actually blessings or if they're going to take us away from God, as uh, Angela put it. Yeah. So I, I think discernment comes in as well. Any practical tips? Yeah, listen, listen to the spirit. I think there's something special about like um, actually being aware or make it, reminding yourself that God's with you in every moment. And no, I'm not saying you're going to like hear a voice from heaven or you know, see a light or anything like that. I'm just saying where we actively remind ourselves that God is with us and incline ourselves to hearing him in whatever way that, that works with us. I think there's something special there. Um, and for me, I think that's that's a big part of, um, that's that would be a big tip I'd give is just being reminded that God's there and, and he's interested in helping us with the day-to-day. Any tips from you, Angela? Um, I guess, yeah, alongside that, it is just that there is nothing that is apart from God. I think sometimes we do that. So ministry, career, family, we separate things and we compartmentalize things. It's just remembering that God is in every single thing. So which is why I said the simple question of is this 
bringing you closer to God? Is it um, improving your relationship with God? Because to some people that may sound over spiritual, but it's over spiritual if you only include God in your ministry life and you separate him in your work life, then it seems like, oh, why would why would my promotion at work or why would my job change have anything to do in that aspect? Mm -hmm. It's not an over-spiritual way to look at it if you keep including God in everything. So even in that sense, oh, has this opportunity now allowed me to speak more freely about God? Has this opportunity connected me to people who actually now I pray with them or you know, um, they sh they've strengthened me, they've helped me? God is in everything. So that's why I think it's that simple as when the opportunity is there, when the blessing is there, just to sit back, give yourself maybe a week and look at it and see how have I improved or how has this helped, you know? Has it changed your heart in a way? Maybe you now see things differently and so you're now, you're more humble and you're like, oh my gosh, God, thank you. Thank you. If not for being in this situation, I now wouldn't have seen your love or understand your love in a different way. So he's literally in everything. Yeah. Even though for both of those, I'd probably say that it's important to remember that anything you get, like you guys have said, is from God. Mm. and that then makes you a steward to that thing that God has given to you mm. and like the story God will want an account of what you've done mm. with this thing he's given you mm. so better make sure <laughs> you do something good with it yeah. if I can just like uh, I don't, I don't want to say testimony because it's such a church word if I just share like a story literally from last week um, we've like over the past two weeks we've had we've got a product launch coming I think at the end of this month or at the end of next month which someone has gone to sell to someone when it's nowhere near ready. And so like we're just, you know, all hands on deck kind of rushing uh, to get it done. So the past two weeks, where normally, for context, I would do like maybe three items of testing a day. I'm now doing like 10 items of testing a day. The consequence of that is the testing is obviously a little bit less thorough as it should than it should be, but understandably because we're rushing to get this thing out. And I think it was on Thursday or so, I was doing one aspect of a test where without going into too much detail, there's like 12 panels that I can test. I'm only expected to just test one of them because if one of them works, all of them should. Um, and because we're like Russian, that's all that's expected of me. But then I tested one and was just felt the spirit saying to test one particular one that almost no one uses. And like, I didn't have to test it but it was testing that one that revealed a bigger problem in the situation. And that's been like the story of the past, well, every job that I've done is just listening to the spirit whilst I'm still working and the spirit guiding me as to what I need to be doing to get the best results. So it's like, just as Angie said, like I sit behind a computer every day and I'm just looking at a screen and program that isn't really benefiting anyone's lives. It's, it's, not, it's not a spiritual job at all. But then God can still be there and mm. God can still help us to do our jobs better. So, yeah. That's a little story. Amen, Brother Peter. I like it. Testify. Testify. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give my testimony. Nah, nah yeah. Oh, um, okay, my mind's gone blank. Robert, you don't seem very prepared today. <laughs> I'm prepared. Really? Yeah. You've paused and... Started at quite a few hurdles today. This, this is it every week, Robert. It's not. It's not acceptable. Dropping okay, the okay, ball, are we? You can do the next UPR. You can do the next I'm just saying that because you're giving uh, Angela a hard time for this not is it. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
You know what? Yeah, you guys can just do your own podcast. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, let's round up because I actually can't think. What Fair enough. I can't yeah, think. Nah. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm off my game today. Yep, you are. <laughs> Anyway, thank you guys for Yo. listening. Tell us what you think about blessings and punishments and wrath and good stuff, all that good and stuff. Karma. And karma. Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to Rude for the intro and outro music. Calvin Turner for the ordinary, amazing logo. You can find us at um, Twitter at Defenders UK. I was gonna say, do we should we keep on saying the social media stuff because we're not using it? Let's start using it then. Are you checking it? You check it. Well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm taking off all social media from my phone. I'm thinking about doing that for... Oh, really? Months. I'm thinking about it. It's because I'm trying to claw back time. I'm not okay. on any social media at all. So then what, and Moses is definitely not checking it, so... Tut, 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 guys. We need to do better, Peter. We need to do better. In the new year. <laughs> In the new year. Yeah, give us the... Definitely December. keep the social media. You just have to get it on and popping because that's how people communicate. That's yeah. True. yeah. That's true. Maybe you can be our social media manager. No, I'm not really a social media person. <laughs> Well, I'll learn. Cool. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll get someone from work to do it. Uh, I was just saying maybe the email, but maybe we should put more effort into it. I'll, I'll try and put more effort into it. That's it. If you put more effort into it, it's just easily accessible for people to communicate. It is. Yeah, Peter. It is. It is. Anyway, email address, um, tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash Blackson's Furnace, no apostrophe, on all good podcasting at webs. Webs, <laughs> websites and apps. Apps, webs, <laughs> webs, <laughs> webs for shorts. On um, Black Suspense with an apostrophe. Um, Lip Fest is coming up in. Yes, it is. Yes, twenty seventh, twenty eighth. That's next week. What yeah. is that? It's a poetry festival, Croydon's first poetry festival. Oh, okay. That's been put on by um, Moses's wife, Jamelia. Oh, lovely. Associates. Um, so it should be going on in Croydon. I think I don't know the venues. Is it Box Park still? It might be. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll link it anyway. We'll yeah. link it. Yeah. But it's it's looking dope. I'm definitely gonna be there. Yeah. Any okay. more shout outs from you? No. Nancy Meets season three, the last season will be coming next year, I believe. What's the last season? Because uh, everyone's moving on. Oh. Um, but yeah, we are um, we're gonna start shooting soon. So. Okay. That's something to look forward to. Any shout outs for you, Angela? No. Cool. Then I guess this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blah.